Hello, and welcome to Breaking Ground, Real Estate Insights from Eisner Amper. I'm Carol Sarowick, a partner in Eisner Amper's Real Estate Group, and our guest today is Nelson Luis, a principal in the firm's forensic practice. Today, we will discuss how fraud impacts the real estate industry and what businesses can do to mitigate the risk it poses. Nelson, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, hi, Carol. Thanks. Thanks for everyone uh, listening out there. Hope everyone is is remaining safe. So I'm a principal in Eisner Amper's forensics practice, you know, focusing on our East Coast and Latin America operations. My experience is around advising law firms and corporate clients, complex domestic and cross-border forensic and litigation support matters. Uh, these could relate to issues dealing with disputes or forensic accounting, fraud investigations uh, that might involve allegations of bribery and corruption, financial reporting irregularities, uh, or other kind of occupational fraud areas. Uh, and I've managed over 150 cross-border investigations in uh, Latin America, Asia Pacific, Africa, and, and led in-country investigations and compliance assessments uh, in over 40 countries around the world. And Nelson, why is there such an increase in fraud in this current market during the pandemic? Any statistics that you could include? You know, the, the reality is, is that this COVID-19 pandemic that we're all living through here ha- has really created an environment that's ripe for fraudulent activity. You hear a lot of the terms of it's creating the perfect storm in comparison to what's been observed in, in previous economic crises. So the, the, the current pandemic is changing the way organizations are operating, you know, how management priorities are being put in play. So, so you have kind of three factors here. You have the combination of adverse conditions. You know, where companies are cutting expenses, they're working remotely, you have employee furloughs, layoffs, you know, all of these things are, are increasing the vulnerability and increasing the risk of corporate fraud. And, and secondly, you have, you know, the risk of fraud uh, typically is not considered a top priority by management when, you know, there's a crisis or there's an economic recession. There's other areas around company survival that are taking play. And then thirdly, the current crisis certainly increases the amount of pressure on management to obtain financial results. And that further, you know, increases the, you know, that heightened fraud in a risk. So so from a statistic perspective, while it's still early, uh, I'm going to comment later about a paper that I authored. I did some studies. And and interestingly, after the 0809 financial crisis, 84% of companies mentioned some level of fraudulent activity at their organizations. So it'll be interesting to see as we come out of this pandemic and people start to go back to the office, how those statistics might stack up. Nelson, can you please share with us what red flags you are seeing within the real estate industry, respective to fraud? So within the real estate industry, the top fraud scheme that's typically cited on surveys is around corruption. Management should really look at, you know, our property managers, for example, always using the same contractors, vendors without going out to bid? Is there a possible kickback arrangement there? Tons of funding coming from the government right now as part of the CARES Act. Many companies that have taken PPP loans and how recipients of those loans are going to be submitting documentation to the lenders. So there's a lot of discussion right now around that level of fraud that might be seen in the industry. Other areas would be, you know, potential money laundering, you know, between buyer and or sellers. 
So are there shell companies and high-risk geographies involved? Kind of that KYC, know, know your, you know, your, your clients. Uh, are funds coming from overseas? Are prices significantly more or less than comparable properties? There are sudden changes in, you know, instructions in terms of wiring of funds. So, you know, be on the lookout for some of those areas. And Nelson, what are the top mitigation procedures that an operator or owner should consider implementing within their organization? So, so the most heavily regulated industries out there are, are normally in the kind of financial, pharma, healthcare space, uh, where, where they have proactive anti-fraud monitoring procedures. You know, interestingly, the real estate industry is on the opposite end of the spectrum, right? So according to the ACFE, where they, they put out a survey each year, you know, the, the real estate industry is, is ranked as, the, as having the second highest median fraud loss of any industry. And, you know, that's likely due to the fact that you know, they may not have these robust anti-fraud programs in place. They may not have well-developed, you know, code of conduct policies. Companies management should make sure that they have those code of ethic policies in place, that they're getting annual confirmations from employees. Uh, another mechanism is that, you know, the number one source for uncovering fraud is through having a kind of whistleblower hotline uh, to receive tips. And, you know, companies that may not have those processes in place are really putting themselves at disadvantage because uh, if that's the number one way to uncover fraud and they don't have that mechanism, they're really potentially missing out on identifying a lot of those fraud risks. So they, they should put a program in place to do that. And of course, management, you know, needs to exude the proper tone at the top on their stance on fraud and, and having a zero tolerance policy. And if tips come in, you know, the door, they, they shouldn't ignore them. You know, they, they should have a process in place of how they're going to triage them, how they're going to pursue them, how they're going to investigate them. How would that process begin once that decision is made to implement? There's what I like to call kind of low-hanging fruit, right? What should companies should be doing now? And I will break it up into three different steps. The first is companies should be assessing where they're most vulnerable to fraud. Two is they should be instituting some level of fraud mitigation procedures. And three, they should then be actively monitoring for these fraud red flags. So I'll quickly break down these three and shed a little more light and color on them. So for the first one, they need to assess where they're most vulnerable to fraud. This pandemic is affecting employee morale and sentiment. There's a well-known fraud detection, a model out there that's called the fraud triangle. And that talks about how there's normally three elements involved when there's fraud. You have pressure, opportunity, and rationalization. So pressure right now, obviously very high, right? You know, you got to meet your financial targets. How do you do that under this current market and environment? So that increases one of those elements. The second one, opportunity. Clearly, people working from home, there's limited management oversight. There's impact on companies' internal controls. There's reduced budgets. So the opportunity is now sky high. Uh, and then lastly, you have rationalization. So employee psyche may perceive improper behavior differently under this environment. You know, they might justify their actions for committing some level of fraud. So you take those three elements into account. And then after you've done that, you try to prioritize those fraud risks, right? With the second step, which is, you know, instituting fraud mitigation procedures. So you, you need to adapt to the current market conditions. You know, where do you have those big gaps? Where are you most susceptible to your internal control environment? Uh, where do you need to update some of those controls? Do you need to reinforce the hotline? Do you even need a hotline? 
So uh, I would say making sure that you are prioritizing where you are most vulnerable within your organization and then, and then adapting accordingly. And then the third and final one that I mentioned is actively monitoring for those fraud red flags. You're going to have issues that might present itself in areas around corruption that I talked about, you know, potential bribes, asset misappropriation. And then you know, the third and biggest one is around potential fictitious you know, financial statements. Are you increasing you know, your revenues? Are you, you know, creating potential fictitious documentation along and correlated with those pressures that management is, is feeling to meet the numbers. A lot of great information, Nelson. Can you give us a brief client example without mentioning any names, of course, of the problem, the solution you prescribed, and the outcome? Yeah, so one example would be that we recently assisted counsel to a leading real estate investment and development company where we were gathering evidence for a, a fraud suit. Uh, against a construction company that that development company had hired. And our team was performing a closeout assessment into the project costs by analyzing, you know, project contracts, change orders, labor rates, material costs, indirect costs for potential inflation, overbilling, right, essentially. Our team was also investigating anomalies identified during, you know, the analysis of the payment applications, corresponding supporting documentation, It's an ongoing fraud suit, but it's an example of one where the construction company perhaps was feeling pressure under their current environment and and was inflating its bills. And our client is having us help them investigate those allegations. And for listeners who want to learn more about fraud prevention and detection, what can they do? Well, there's many wonderful resources out there. I'll give a few examples. One would be the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, ACFE, that they put out great surveys on fraud prevention and detection that you can look at their website. Due to the pandemic, the FBI created a dedicated website around you know, COVID fraud prevention considerations. So you can look at that. On our own website, Carol, you know, on our eisenramper.com website or on my LinkedIn page, you'll see a white paper that I authored with the Institute of Internal Auditors that's around this topic that we're covering here. And it's called A Blueprint to Managing Corporate Fraud Risk During a Pandemic. People have access to that if they want to take a look. And then of course, you know, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Be happy to have a discussion with you around, you know, what we're seeing other organizations doing to mitigate its, you know, fraud risks uh, right now uh, during the pandemic. Nelson, thanks for sharing your perspectives on preventing fraud in real estate companies. And thank you for listening to Breaking Ground, Real Estate Insights from Eisner Amper. Join us for our next podcast and visit eisneramper.com backslash RE for more real estate news.